This is Bite Size History with the Saints. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is Bite Size History with the Saints. Hi, everyone. It's Megan. And it's Bradley. So this week, we're going to start talking about the recipe that's coming up. We are moving on to Chile. And I am super excited. Yeah, it, it might sound really stupid, but I miss potatoes. I miss a lot of food. And you don't realize just how much food actually comes from the Americas that we eat today. And it's going to open up so many more doors for us. It's always crazy to me that before like mass colonialization things kind of just were bland i mean they bland everywhere but you know it was more bland in europe yeah europe <laughs> as its tradition europe is bland yeah yeah it's gonna be nice to you know get back to foods that we actually grew up with you know foods are always easier to grow in the climate that they were grown in <laughs> Yeah, doing the research for this definitely reminded me of something when we were living in England and even living in Ireland. Most Europeans automatically just sit there and go, well, the United States has nothing. Well, first off, the Americas aren't just the United States. You know, they're two separate continents and, you know, full of people. But they always go, well, there's no history there. There's no history there. You know, we, we've got history here. And it's like, well, yeah, but... You guys didn't have to go as far to get to where your life started, basically. Yeah, it's always kind of interesting because there is a rich and diverse history in the Americas. But from anywhere from the massive civilizations that were built in South and Central America to also the mass amount of tribes and how they interacted around North America. I mean, that's just fascinating. Yep. And then when... Europeans did what Europeans do everywhere. They came in and they completely annihilated all those civilizations, all those tribes, and then turn around and tell them, 
well, you have no history. Well, <laughs> it's because you destroyed it all. But that's besides the point. It's going to be nice to get back to food that is easy to come by. Yeah, like we were looking at like basically our grocery list. And this is going to allow us to buy a ton of things that we need for really reasonable prices for once. Yeah, and there was a, there was a couple of shockers like quinoa. I thought that quinoa came from the Mediterranean area or came from the Fertile Crescent. But no, it actually originates from South America. You know, the Peruvian, Chile area. And that was actually a surprise to me. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those kind of things that, like, I I always find really fascinating because I remember when these kind of things became very trendy. Like, when everyone was like, oh, you got to eat quinoa because it's an ancient grain. And it seemed as if it was, like, from the origins of human, when, in fact, it's from South America, which is still older. But PR is definitely a thing with food. It is. I mean, that's the thing. Is, yeah, food is us. We are driven by it. We have to have it. And as we have started to mass farm and mass produce items, you get these coalitions, these corporations behind the food. You know, think of where's the beef? And that was <laughs> just to take and drive up beef price or not beef prices, but the consumption of beef. Yeah. And it's no different for any of these superfoods, quote unquote. <laughs> There's some marketing organization that's behind it that drives the... It makes me think back to the episode of Parks and Rec where they were trying to make chards sexy. Yeah. <laughs> I, you can't make chards sexy. You really can't. It's a horrible, but horrible vegetable. At least quinoa tastes good. Unlike chard. Yes. <laughs> if, if you are in the business of selling chard, I recommend finding another business. <laughs> but... That's the thing, is that all the foods that we eat, we either eat because it's culturally what we've always eaten, or it's because, you know, some health nut sat there and said, hey, you need to eat this food. And in reality, as long as you're, you know, eating a balanced diet and consuming, you know, good foods, you don't have anything to worry about. So speaking of good foods, let's go ahead and talk about what we're actually going to get into and what we're actually going to be eating. Yeah, so some of the ingredients that we're going to have access to will, of course, be quinoa, potatoes. Um, Strawberries. Yes, which is going to be really, really exciting to start with. And then we also we are going to focus mostly on the coast, and so we're going to eat a lot of fish. So things like sea bass, sole, we're really excited for that. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be nice. It's going to be... There's a lot more food to choose from, and I, I keep saying that, but it's because it's true. The more food that we have, the more variety we can make, and the better the dishes will come out. Yeah, because that's one of the big things is when we're cooking, a lot of times the food that we're using, it's harder to get a hold of. And so when we're in, when we're working on regions that we don't live in, it's really, really hard to get those ingredients, which then limits what we can make. Yeah. And we live here. We live on this side of the world. This is I so mean, much easier. <laughs> now, there are some foods that we will not be able to get. We can't actually purchase here in Canada. It's actually illegal to sell guinea pig for food, and which I find all sorts of messed up when you have, I'm almost 100% certain 
people from South America living here. And that's a traditional food back home, but that's a problem for the Canadian government to figure out. <laughs> but foods like that, we won't be able to get. But 90% of the stuff, super easy to get. Exactly. Like, even when we were looking it up, there are places that will sell llama meat. We're going to have to hunt for them because llamas are ranched up here. Yeah. But, I mean, you got to think, when you think of llamas, you tend to think of carrying stuff or the fur yeah you don't tend to think of meat but at the end of the day that's what they were they were just a, another food source on top of the other purposes that they already had kind of like dogs we know what dogs did but we also ate them when we needed to yeah that's the thing when we need food we will get food that's uh one of the driving factors to our species surviving is we will outcompete and outhunt any other animal for food. That is the joys of being the uh, alpha predator of the of the world. Yeah, then you get into the water. <laughs> then it's octopuses. Really? I mean, you know, sharks. You know, there's only so many sharks out there, but you get octopuses, and some of them got venomous. Uh, barbs and whatnot and as a disclaimer he is an archaeologist and he is not an ocean scientist in any way continue well thank you but i do watch a lot of casual geographic okay <laughs> but no yeah they uh and then, then they actually will punch other fish that they're hunting with. i've seen that yeah yeah i know they do that yeah so at the end of the day i mean being punched by an octopus let alone i feel like that just means they're jerks well yeah but wouldn't you be pretty embarrassed if you got punched by an octopus <laughs> If you had to take and come back up and go, I just got punched by an octopus, you don't know what to make of that. Look at you. You're, you are this massive human, and you're swimming up to an octopus, and that thing just reaches out and goes, Whap. All right? So let's get off of that. I was going to say, welcome back to our, we're still off the rails from the holidays. Yeah, it's it's a, it's been a long holiday. <laughs> it's, one been, it's been one long Sunday. It kind of has. Well, for you. Yeah, definitely for me. Not for you. So when we make the meal, it's going to be easier. And because the foods are more readily available and they're foods that have actually kind of dispersed across the whole globe, it should actually be fairly easy for pretty much anybody to make these foods. That's one of the great things about like potatoes. Potatoes don't need a whole lot to grow. I mean, you put them in your cupboard and they'll start to grow. <laughs> I don't understand how potatoes work. And at this point, I'm almost 100% certain that they didn't come from this planet. Strange side story. We, about a decade ago, were at the city market. And we had went through the uh, center aisle, which is typically the more local farmers instead of the ones that are like the reject potatoes. And this guy pulls aside and he's like, you guys want these potatoes. They're natural. They come from the ground. And our answer was, don't all potatoes come from the ground? Yeah, I mean, maybe he meant like, you know, hanging potatoes. Or maybe he thinks that people legitimately just grow potatoes in their cupboard and then sell those. And I, I don't know. But now every time that we use potatoes for anything, it's like, oh, do these come from the ground? They have to. <laughs> if they don't come from the ground, we don't use them. We don't eat land potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't eat sea potatoes. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, yeah, it's going to be easier for everybody to actually recreate most of these recipes. You know, quinoa, because of what people have done with quinoa, it is a little bit more expensive now than it probably should be. You can go to Bulk Barn, though. It's cheap there. Yeah, but that's the problem is that not everybody has a place like Bulk Barn. That's true. I'm so sorry to non-Canadians and your lack of Bulk Barns. Yeah, but that's the thing is that because health junkies and people trying to promote a way of life have managed to jack up the prices on things like quinoa. Yeah. It will be a little bit more difficult to get a hold of, but it's still fairly easy. Oh, for sure. Well, one of the things also to think about is we have less of it here, but like species of food that we have bred out of existence or have radically changed due to selective breeding. We're going to have that when we hit corn. Uh, we also have with potatoes. Oh, potatoes too? Yeah. Any species of food, there has been selective breeding and there has been... Most of the foods that you eat today were the process of hundreds of years of selective breeding to get the biggest, the most nourishing. And from there, we've let other ones fall to the wayside because they didn't produce like we wanted them to. And because of that, we now are having issues with a lot of our food because it's not sustainable. Yeah. The reason that those like potatoes or corn did so well, I mean, potatoes, I can't really lump into this because potatoes, we've already covered that. They do well everywhere. <laughs> but like corn, it, there was the diversity that it needed. You know, look at bananas. Bananas are starting to actually go extinct. And that's because we have over-farmed them and we have over-cultivated them to make them the bigger, the better, the smaller seeds. And because of that, we actually have been killing bananas. So there's a good possibility that, you know, in the future here, in our future, we may not actually have bananas. And we did that also to coffee. Uh, coffee's had an extreme amount of selective breeding that has prevented it from growing healthily in certain areas. And now we focus on like deforestation to grow coffee, which is really destroying the local ecosystems. Well, that's the problem with pretty much any crop, really, is as our population continues to grow and we are continuously forced into smaller and smaller confines, you know, cities, we can't grow our own gardens. You get community gardens that pop up, but if you don't get into those early, 
then you don't get a plot for the community garden. And it's making it more difficult for people to actually diversify their diets. And then you get governmental laws put into place that actually prevent people from being able to raise like chickens or have a certain amount of land put aside for gardening when you're living in like suburbs. Yeah. And because of this, we're actually seeing a lot of issues that stem from the lack of access to foods. And it's something that we need to radically change. And that's part of the reason that, you know, like if we can figure out how to take and grow foods in a lab and make them extremely cheap, then that's what we need to do. I mean, be honest with you, food should be free because we need to have food to survive. It's not something that you can just sit there and go, I don't need this. You have to have this. So <laughs> food should be free, along with a lot of other things that we actually need to survive as a species. But that's a story and a conversation for a whole nother time. Yeah, walking away from our perfect world vision, <laughs> focusing on, you know, what's going to be coming next. After this, we're going to probably move over to like Brazil. To be honest with you, like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, one of the things that people do forget is that the Americas before European colonialization, they have a rich history. There were several different cultures, several different civilizations. And I think that it would be kind of doing an injustice to actually to all the civilizations, all the cultures, if we were just to bounce from country to country. Because yes, the food's not going to vary much, but the way that we make food does tend to vary. Even in small isolated areas, you will get different food preparations. And as time goes on, people find new ways to prepare the food. There are some things that won't change, but we like to experiment with food. And we like to see what we can do to make it different. So I think that bouncing from country to country is just going to be a little bit... Disingenuous? Yes. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Um, so we'll we'll figure out what we're going to do. But I think right now it's focusing on this weekend's meal, the dessert that's going to come from it for the Patreon, mm -hmm. and just kind of figuring out the narrative from there. Because we'll be starting around um, 7,000 BCE. And so we have a lot of time to jump. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 9,000 years is, it's a huge time period. And when we look at it from a European-centric point of view, it doesn't seem that long. But when you really think about it, England was still hunter and gatherers when this culture was actually formed. The Roman Empire hadn't even came about yet. The farming in Mesopotamia was going, but there's still so much history left to be written for Europe. And they were already, you know, forming a culture here and doing this. Not to say that there weren't cultures in, you know, Europe. There were cultures. Cultures are what we refer to as groups of people that have similar technological advancements. So calling somebody a culture doesn't mean they're civilization. Civilization, that's a whole nother sticky situation. There's a whole debate on what can we actually classify as a civilization? What makes a civilization? 
is the idea of a civilization a Western-centric point of view? So that's a whole nother issue. But they still have a rich history, and I think we need to explore that history. I'm 100% fine with them. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. So with that, we are basically at the end of the podcast for this week. We're thrilled to be in 2023, and we hope you guys have been having fun listening to this and checking out the blog. Yeah, I hope you had a safe and fun New Year's and that you didn't get too crazy. (laughs) We did not. We had a very quiet evening. Yeah, she played The Witcher and I played Lego Star Wars. Sure did. And I made myself some buffalo chicken dip. Yeah, it it was a crazy... uh, Crazy New Year's here at the Saints' house. <laughs> we uh, we did all sorts of crazy stuffs. <laughs> That's so wild. But we hope you guys continue to have a fantastic start of your year. And Hopefully your New Year's resolutions come true. Exactly. But remember, only you can make that happen. <laughs> you are the most powerful in their decisions. And you can only you can prevent forest fires. That too. Yes. But but overall, we hope you guys have a fantastic day and let us know if you have any feedback on any of the recipes or anything, because we're continuing to do stuff throughout 2023 and we're excited to have you guys on the journey with us. Yeah, got some exciting things coming up. We sure do. Just keep posted. We're going to start posting what's the big thing happening come March this year. Mm -hmm. So just keep your eyes peeled. Yeah, for that. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Thanks. Bye, everyone. (laughs) Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.